Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cuba. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicles. Today, within the Liberal Cube, is one of my very favorite days. And that is, of course, Book Wednesday. When you tell your friends, and I know you will, you're really going to want to hit those wees in the book and in the Bow Wednesday. Something I like to say at the top of every show, although I believe of quite a lot of importance on a book of Bow Wednesday, is that there will be spoilers. I do not, in any way, censor myself when I talk about things I talk about on the podcast. So, this is your one and probably only spoiler warning. However, it's right at the top of the show. It's pretty blatant. So, um, if you missed it somehow, I don't know what to say. Clean out your ears. Clean your ears. I will lend you a Q-tip. I do want it back, though. You'll have to clean it off. Perhaps with another Q-tip. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment, and comment in iTunes, because that is what helps others find podcasts, those things. Perhaps you give me my goddamn Q-tips back. Fuck. Ah, last piece of podcast-related business is, of course, today's sponsor, which is Royal Rodents Rohypnol and Roofie Rehab. Once again, today's sponsor is Royal Rodents Rohypnol and Roofie Rehab. Thank you to them. Today's book... Oh, gonna pass some cops. Do you know... That little uh, little trick, little tidbit, that when someone flashes their high beams at you, it means there are policemen ahead, and you should slow down. Well, someone just did that, so I am slowing down. That's just a little uh, FYI, non-podcast-related FYI. Yeah, looking out for you, the listener. See, it pays to listen to this. If it saves you getting out of a ticket, you can thank me later. Anyways, where was I? Today's book on this book Wednesday is King Rat by China... I knew I was going to get the last name wrong. I want to say Melville, as in sort of Herman Melville, although I don't know if that is how it is pronounced. It is spelt M-I-E-V-I-L-L-E. No burp at the end. And the first E has a little uh, accent over top of it. So, to me, that would indicate French in origin. Yes? Yes. Uh, Pretty well-known author. It's just I don't think I've ever heard her name spoken out loud. So, that makes it difficult for me to guess how to pronounce that. Melville? I'm just going to go Melville. Perhaps related to the great Herman Melville. You never know. Both authors? Anything's possible. Anything. Well, you know, no, anything's possible. Let's leave it at that, because 
I don't have a lot of time. Well, I have lots of time, but I'd like to fit this into my drive to work. Whether it is going to be possible or not depends on how much rambling I am doing, which unfortunately for me seems to be like a lot. So, <laughs> let's hop right in to King Rat. The book starts out with uh, the main character, a man by the name of Saul, S-A-U-L, returning after uh, what sounded like a night of partying, and his he lives alone with his father, and they do not get along very well, so rather than sort of have any interaction with him, heads right upstairs to bed. Fuck it, I'm not talking to my dad, I'm going to bed. Screw him and his stuff. That's how it starts out. Uh, he's dozing away, and hears a loud banging on the door, and it is the police. What? Why isn't Dad answering the door? I'm trying to sleep. Doesn't he know this? He probably thought to himself, I imagine. Well, immediately regretted probably these mean and nasty thoughts of his father, because his father is dead, and the police have one sort of suspect possible witness, and it is Saul himself, because... Oh shit, you know what, I don't actually remember. Yeah, uh, his, the father had been sort of thrown out of a second-story window and was dead in the, on the front lawn. Do I remember that correctly? For some reason, I'm not 100% on that. Let's just say that's what happened. So obviously, the police are going to think it's him. The, uh, the coppers, if you will. Let's call them coppers, because this takes place in London, and... Uh, I believe that in London, the police are quite often called coppers. Is that just something I've seen on TV and movies? Yes, but hey, there's got to be a grain of truth in that, right? right? Cops take him in for questioning, and he is shitting bricks combined with uh, overwhelmed with grief at the loss of his father. So, pretty sad beginning. Uh, then it gets into an action-packed beginning when a sort of mysterious stranger... I guess the way you would say it is breaks into the interrogation room while Saul is sort of stewing in his own juices and breaks him out of there. It's a prison breakout. Yeah. You know what? That just reminds me sort of on that note that quite often, in fact, I would go so far as to say very often in video games, uh, either at the beginning or possibly later on in the game, anyways, any time you're playing a video game, there is a, that you will at some point be captured and have to escape. So, why not turn this book into a video game? There you go, you got your start right off the bat. Uh, and you could make it sort of an open world, takes place in London style video game. Yeah, yeah, Grand Theft Auto style uh, with King Rat in place. Another reason that will make sense, I will explain in a moment. Uh, the person doing the rescuing is none other than King Rat himself. Now, when I read the title of this book, it's kind of dropped, kind of drew me in because it sounded interesting. What I did not realize that it would be so literal. This gentleman who has rescued Saul from his imprisonment is literally the king of the rats. <laughs> he has sort of a human form however, is in actuality a rat. That is never quite explained to my satisfaction. It is then learned, after this escape has taken place, that Saul is actually half-rat. His mother was a rat. What? Your mother was a rat? 
Oh, that's kind of not very nice thing to say, unless, of course, it's true. So he is half rat, half human, which is, is kind of where my confusion comes in as far as King Rat, who is fully rat, yet looks human. Saul is half rat, half human, and yet looks human. So, I don't know. That's weird. Folks, uh, I'm going to leave it there for a moment as I stop, as I do once a week, and get a little breakfast. A little Timmy Horton's breakfast, even. So I will edit, edit, edit that out. However, through the miracle of editing, you do not actually know what I'm going to do. So perhaps, perhaps I am going to climb this telephone pole and at the top, rip my shirt off and beat my chest and swat at radio-controlled planes a la sort of King Kong. You never know. Anything, as I have said already, is possible. Back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. No time for the full song. So the lovely and talented and busty Jordan <laughs> helped me once again at the Timmy Hortons that I frequent once a week. So thank you for that, Jordan, for all of that. <laughs> so uh, this is sort of the point in the story where Saul starts to develop what can be considered, in some circles, superpowers. He gets stronger, he has the ability to eat garbage and not vomit, and in fact find great enjoyment in the eating of garbage, and, and sort of gain strength and abilities the more garbage he eats, it seems. So, those two things, that's gonna goddamn fit into a video game. He um, starts to stink, yeah, living in the sewers, as you do, you're not gonna smell good. Uh, can climb up walls, sort of uh, vertical walls, with ease. He can talk to rats, actual, real rats. Huh. Sort of a la Aquaman, who can talk to the fishes. Uh, Saul can now talk to rats. Hey, there you go. That's going to come in handy. And lastly, he's got the ability to sort of ninja-like hide in the shadows. So uh, some cool things that would, as you can imagine, if you are a video game player, shit like that's going to fit right into a video game. I didn't plan to talk about this in video games and how they would sort of meld together, but hey, anything could happen. See? This is the anything could happen anything episode. Hmm. So, uh, at, at this point, it is Saul living with King Rat, sort of getting into the groove a little bit. He misses his old life, but knows he cannot go back. In his old life, a mysterious stranger has showed up and has started uh, interacting with his former pals, let's say. It turns out, we learn, that this mysterious stranger is actually the one who killed his father, who killed his father because he was looking for him, because he, the mysterious stranger, is none other than the Pied Piper, the Pied Piper of goddamn Hamelin. Yes, that one. Uh, so that's where shit kind of goes friggin' weird, and I love it. The Pied Piper of Hamelin, is out for Saul's blood because of his strangeness of being half rat and half human. The Pied Piper has the ability to play a song on his flute that will hypnotize anything and anyone. For example, a group of rats or a group of children. However, he can't play two songs at once, right? Right, you can't do that. It's impossible. So, 
he could play his rat song and it would not affect Saul. He could play his human song and it would not affect Saul because the other half would sort of war against it. And he cannot have this. He cannot have it. This guy, the rat catcher, he is sometimes called, I call him the piper mostly, has not only caused grief among the rats, i.e. in Hamlin, but uh, among other sort of quote-unquote races as well, such as the birds and the spiders, because within this book as well is the king, is it the king or queen? Yeah, the king of the spiders and the king of the birds as well, who are sort of under the impression that with Saul at their side, they will finally be able to eliminate the piper who has caused them so much grief. Saul is a little upset for several reasons, one being that he's pulled into this world in which he has very little say. His first sort of run-in with the piper happens almost accidentally. Uh, it is in, it is within this run-in that kind of a little bit gets his ass handed to him, combined with the fact that the piper taunts him with the knowledge that it was not, in fact, the piper who killed his father. No, no, no. It was none other than King Rat himself. What? So this is where things further explode, because as you can imagine, Saul has learned that his father was killed by who he believed, who he has believed to be his friend. In fact, it goes further, and this is sort of one of the main spoilers of the book that I am going to spoil right now. King Rat is actually his father. King Rat raped his mother, his human mother. The person he thought was his father all along, growing up, was not, in fact, his biological father. It was King Rat. King Rat came in the night and killed Saul's father because he needed Saul's help. <laughs> See, it sounds stupid when you say it like that. He needed his help, so he killed his father. You know, great portions of this book involve the sort of turmoil between these two uh, and how Saul is really the only thing that can stop the Piper, and he wants to do so for even just self-preservation purposes. However, it would mean working with the man, the thing, the King Rat, who killed his father and raped his mother. So, obviously, a little turmoil going on there. One of Saul's friends from his former life is a jungle music maker. Mm, sure. Jungle music. It's a, it's a brand of music, apparently. Sure. Techno-y. How about, let's just say, dubstep-like? Perhaps? I don't know. I don't know what you kids listen to nowadays. Anyways, with the sort of combination of the piper and someone who makes music that involves looping tracks, as you can imagine, it is a deadly friggin' combination. The piper can record these tracks, for example, say a human track and a rat track, and play them over top of one another, thereby controlling rats and humans at the same time, thereby, as he believes, huh, controlling Saul, both halves of him. Aha! Pretty smart on the... Pretty smart from the point of view of the Piper to sort of use modern technology combined with whatever crazy magic and mojo he's got running. It all sort of comes down to a showdown. It comes down to a showdown, as it does in the sort of final chapters of the book, where... It is sort of a fight between the Piper, who has all these different tracks laid down 
in a nightclub. The king of the birds and the birds have already been taken out of commission. However, Saul has his rats as well as the spider king brings his spiders. So then it turns out to be a club full of humans getting their dance on, then controlled by the piper, fighting against uh, the spider king as well as all these spiders. Saul, as well as all the snakes of the friggin' entire city of London, packed into this club, fighting. It's just a bloody, gooey, oozy mess of a fight. Uh, the Piper uses his trump card at that point of overlaying his tracks. So he's controlling the spiders then, he's controlling the humans, he's controlling the rats, all at once. Even Saul. However, because Saul... It's never, again, fully explained to my satisfaction. He is, quote-unquote, more than the sum of his parts, is able to resist this hypnotism, and uh, the fight goes down, and not in the favor of the Piper, because his guard is down for the fight that goes down in this showdown and the hoedown. He is, uh, the Piper is, beaten to a bloody pulp with his own flute, so uh, fitting justice there, and I like it. The final blow, though, not made by Saul, no, 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 it is made by King Rat, who did not hesitate at that sort of last critical moment and drove the magical, I assume, flute right through the body of the Piper. The Pied Piper of Hamlin, who is the bad guy of this book. Folks, I did it. I meant to do this on my way into work, and that is what I've done. I had to speed a little bit, but perhaps, just perhaps, the speeding I have had to done has made it more exciting because I have to talk faster, which adds a level of excitement to the tone of my voice. Yes. That leaves one final thing to say, and that is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Hello! What is this? A message afterwards? Well, uh, I noticed in my editing that I did forget to leave a rating, so I am doing so now. Uh, I'm gonna go... I should have maybe thought about this before I hit the record button. Uh, four to five. Yeah, yeah. Definite, easy, solid four to five. No questions asked or answered for that matter. Uh, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine wait till the warm-up's underway wait till our lips have met wait till you see that sunshine day you ain't seen nothing yet the best is yet to come and be won't it be fine the best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.